talks about certain things. There is hope. The first candle that you would light in an Advent wreath would be the candle of hope. And I want you to understand what's going on when we start talking about this. Do you know why people who walk around are so miserable? It's because they ain't got no hope. You suck the hope out of somebody, you, jo- there ain't no joy there. Right? But I want you to understand something. We're going to read this scripture. If you got your Bibles, Vanette didn't ask you because she was afraid, to, you know, with so many people gone that everybody forgot your Bible. But if you got your Bible, open it up to a verse I'm sure you don't know by heart. John 3.16. Now, isn't it funny that I guarantee you almost everybody in this room can quote that scripture without even looking at the paper in front of you or your phone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That, oh, yeah, right. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know that one scripture, if you took everything else and stripped it away, this one gives you hope. Pure and simple. For God so loved the world. That means that God, okay, somebody, in fact, it was Vanette this morning, asked, if we got such a loving God, how come things are going so terrible? Let me explain something. God loved you and this evil world so much that he sent his only son. That's a sacrifice. That's not something. Do you like that feller next to you? The hairless wonder? Excuse me. I see. Oh, that's right. I see eyebrows. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This feller right there, I'm sure you like him a wee bit, don't you? Would you purposely, willingly put him in a position to be tortured, mutilated for somebody out there you never met before? That's a love I can't can't gather. Right? I can't wrap my head around that. You see, I've sat at the end of a bed of my son when the doctor said there's no coming back. He'll never survive. We're just easing his pain as he dies. I had to sign papers. He was dying. There wasn't nothing they were going to do. I've been at the end of that bed. And I've prayed, God, take me. He was five years old. Don't take him. He ain't done nothing. I've done a bunch. Lord, I would deserve that, right? How many of you understand, if you go back and you look at all the things and ignorance that you've done in your life, we deserve the death. We deserve that stuff. But the thing of it is, my little boy didn't deserve that. That little curly-headed knothead, he was, no! Can you imagine the creator of all going, I'm going to sacrifice you to save them. 
That's a love I don't wrap my head around. So when you ask me a question, you ask me, how can a loving God allow stuff? Do you know that 99.9% of the stuff that is going wrong in this world is created by That's not a lie, folk. It don't take a genius to see that if the government's going south, it ain't God making it happen. It's ignorance making it happen. I don't care if you got an R or a D in front of your position. If you're not following the guidance of God, you're going to make mistakes because we ain't that smart, folk. And you know what's funny is we got people that think they're so smart, we're too stupid to know if we need a shot or not. I'm just saying, we can go about it, they think we're stupid. But the issue is, is we've sat back with our hands out asking for everything to be given to us instead of earned. All of a sudden, you gave them the right to control you. Who, why would a God allow this to happen? He didn't. You did. My children are learning stuff in school. You know why? Because you ain't taking care of business. You're just sending them there to be babysat, not looking at what's being taught. Now that all of a sudden you're up and roaring too late, they've got the stronghold. That's why I sing that song. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. The only thing going to correct this is the one who came to correct it in the first place. His name is Jesus. That's your hope. It ain't Donald Trump. It ain't nobody else. It's Jesus Christ. And if we don't pull our head up and understand who our hope has to be placed in, it ain't a man. His name is Jesus. You see, I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. I'm proud to be a whosoever. Because you know what? You can take my legs away. You can take my health away. You can, take, you can take my wife away if you want to. And I still have the promise. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. Giddy up, cowboy. I'm ready to ride. Lyle, you know what? They said you had a birthday. I just am going to tell you right now. I can't wait until my rebirth day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know what? Every birthday, Lyle, I have, something wakes up and hurts more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't understand. If I'd have known my body was going to treat me like it's treating me right now, I'd have taken a whole lot better care of it when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, my every birthday is going, Hey, remember when you were 12? <laughs> this is going to hurt. Are you kidding me? It took 50 years for that to catch up with me? But brother, when it do, <laughs> it reminds you, and you're like, why in the world would... <laughs> 12-year-old me, if I could go back in time. Oh, don't buy a motocross bicycle. No, don't do that. Do not, do not play tackle football with the high school boys when you're nine. Because you know what you are? 
fun. Because <laughs> when they hit you and your body goes, they go, <laughs> and you go, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, you know what? I felt that one yesterday. I woke up, <laughs> I remember that one. You know what I'm saying? I'm, way, I'm ready to, for my rebirth day when it says I will have eternal life to wake up in the heavens. No pain. That's going to be awesome. You see, I can have hope. You see, we have got to come to the understanding but this scripture right here, if you just take it by itself, I could preach all day just on that scripture right there. I could keep you all until we could just join the women in the service tonight. Just on this one scripture right here. If you really want to break it down to, to word by word by word. What about the word so? I'm not going to go there. It's not part of my sermon. Not part of my sin. But if you look at through in John chapter 3, you start at verse 1 and you go through verse 20. This is a conversation of Jesus and Nicodemus. You don't have to read it right now. Because, but I want you to think about this. Maybe read it later. Because Jesus is basically calling Nicodemus out. I want to tell you things you should already know. Aren't you the teacher? How many of us have kids who can come to us and say, I'm going to teach you something? Pull out your cell phone. I guarantee you they can teach you a whole bunch. Some of it you wish you didn't know. But what I'm trying to tell you is here it is. Here he is and Nicodemus is going, wait a minute, Rabbi, wait, wait, wait. wait. You're the teacher to come from God. But he's given all of us the same information. Hold your Bible. Do you get what I'm saying? There's no excuse for you not to know an answer. He's given them all to you. You're holding it in your lap. The problem is, is we're so lazy. We're just wanting people to hand it to you. Oh, I can't wait to get to church. That crippled preacher come and just fill me up for the rest of the week not my job your jobs keep yourself fueled up to the week my word my job what god called me to do was not come in here to be a filling station he come in here to give me a little boost to put you above where you were when you guys here last week you need to get in your word and vanette even puts it up there good thank you for coming y'all read the word of god get in the bible stay pumped up do you know what it's like to be a guest preacher and go into places and then they're like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. This guy's from Jesus. No, I'm from Pahrump. <laughs> and Lyle just told me that's the worst place to retire in the whole state of Nevada. <laughs> Wish I would have got that news flash. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know what, Lord? You know how hard it is, Manette, to, to drive into a place I don't know. Alan, I don't know what's going on in your week because you know what? I ain't seen you all week. I, last time I saw you sitting right there with the same there and with the pretty right there. That's all I know. So if you expect me to come in here and blow your world up and go, Oh, let me tell you what Jesus told me about you. I ain't that guy. 
I'm going to tell you how to get yourself pulled together, though. Because it's the Word of God. You see, Nicodemus is sitting here thinking he was teaching. He ain't teaching. What he was doing was fabricating. How many of you have done that in your walk with Christ? When you sit there and you don't take what God says, you take what you want it to mean (laughs) and try to make that fit into what God said. Do you know there's more than just ten thou shalt nots? Yeah, Yeah, there is. There's a bunch of thou shalt nots. Mm -hmm. They're not on, on a tablet, came off a mountain or nothing. But there's a lot of stuff. If you read the book, it says don't do things. Not to have your mind turned over to reprobate mind. You know what that means? Be in control of it. When you let something else take control, you know how many people, when they get upset and stuff, I I just talked to somebody a couple weeks ago, and they were going through a problem, and you know what they did? They were like, I just didn't know what to do, so I just went and I sat six days at a bar. Well, now you're broke and have a headache. The problem's still there. What happened was, I wanted to shut this down because I couldn't handle what was going on. That's not what God said. Sometime, any, anybody in here ever played a sport? I don't care what it was. Football, baseball, volleyball, the, the soccer of God, you know, soccer, whatever. You play a sport, the thing of it is, is anybody had to think on your feet? Things didn't quite go as planned? You know, when you're in a football, and, you know, I, I loved playing, I loved playing defensive football because everything was reactionary. You would watch what was going on in front of you and you would adjust what you were doing to what was happening in front of you. There wasn't a play of you go from here, go five yards, turn left, and you'll hit the guy with a ball. That didn't work. Because <laughs> the guy was never there. Ever. I was like, coach, I came across the line. The quarterback wasn't even in front of me. Dude, you were like on the defensive end. He was in the middle. I just ran all the way to the other goal going, oh, you told me to go across the line, hit the quarterback. He wasn't where I was. You have to look and adjust, right? You have to look and adjust. The thing of it is, is what we want to do is we want to have a plan in front of us that, okay, the Bible says step here. Where's God? I don't see God in this. Sometimes you got to look. You see, when I found myself in a wheelchair, I couldn't just see where God was in this. But when I stopped pity partying myself, all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute. Do you know if I wasn't in a wheelchair, I'd still be working in California. And do you know that if I was still working in California, my son wouldn't have the job he has right now. Do you know if I was still in California... My wife wouldn't have the house she has right now because the house she has right now, you'd have to be a millionaire to buy in California. 
If I was in California, I wouldn't have the personal care that I'm having right now. You see, as much as Pahrump may be terrible to retire in, Lord have mercy, they got a great dialysis department there. And they care about me. Do you know what's funny? They call me on their days off. Hey, I just want to make sure. I knew you went to Mexico. Everything go good? You home? You f- what? Are you kidding me? Because I got news. If you live in Vegas, you can't get a doctor to talk to you for more than 30 seconds. I got doctors calling me at home on their personal cell phone. You understand what I'm saying? When you slow down and you start trying to find God in this, you know what? If I wasn't in a wheelchair and I didn't move to Pahrump, I would have never met y'all. If I would have never met y'all, I would have never been blessed to have known you all. I ate Thai food for the first time. When I moved to Pahrump, Nevada, I ate Thai food for the first time. I like it. It's pretty, buddy, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. You can flat tear up some food and I can't even eat much and I like it. But you don't understand what I'm saying. I start looking at the people that God has placed in my world since this came into my life. This could be a negative. There's all kind of stuff you can find that can be negative. Let me tell you, when Jesus is the hope and my hope is not placed on whether my feet work or not or whether or not I have a job, my hope is in, you know what, I'm going to heaven now. When Jesus comes, I'm rocking that thing. I'm going to be walking on the streets of gold looking for Him and I'm going to start praising the minute I hit the pearly gates. They're going to have to get out of my way because this dude ain't in a wheelchair. I'm a running for somebody. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to look for my grandma. I'm going to look for my grandpa. I'm going to look for my grandparents. I'm going to look for my brothers that are already in heaven. I'm going to look for all these things. I ain't looking for none of them. I want Jesus. Because you know what? If I know them, they're already there. They're praising Him now. And I'm telling you right now, I can't wait to so scoot over. Family reunion time. Let's praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Quit looking at what's going on around you and start looking to the one who gave you hope. Amen. You see, we got to quit trying to make the gospel what we want. we got to start reading it for what it is, truth. That wasn't even in here. It's pretty good stuff, though. <laughs> you see... God's love. The first thing I want you to understand is God's love. God's love is not like your love. Some of you like Pepsi. (laughs) Pepsi's gross. Now, Monster, on the other hand, pretty pretty awesome stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Woo! It doesn't even give me wings, but I'll tell you right now, <laughs> that's Jesus' juice. We, what we're talking about is this. You know what? You say love for a lot of things. Oh, I just love my car. Gross. It's going to break down fall apart. And then you don't love it so much. Isn't it funny? On most of the things we say we love, when it doesn't go our way, we quit loving it. Oh, I love this house. I need an extra bedroom, honey. Oh, I love, I love that RV. I wish it had a pop-out. Oh, I love my Can-Am. If it had bigger tires, it would be better. I love my wife, 40 pounds lighter. I, I would not me. 
Not me. I'm just saying. There's other people here. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? How many of you love something until it changes? And then I wish it would. Oh, I love my husband's hair. Do not. <laughs> I, I don't know. Alan's going, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think, Alan's like, whew, missed it by one seat. The thing of it is, I want you to understand. We can sit here, y'all. God's love's different. God's love is so much deeper than any love you could even imagine. I love this woman. I love this woman so much, I would literally die for her. Literally, unless it hurt. <laughs> I'm just saying. Make it quick and I'm good with it. You make that thing drag out, you're on your own. Because, yo, I like me too. Right? What? Are you, yeah, you all just like, like, what? That man wouldn't die for his wife if it took long. No, you wouldn't either. What I'm trying to tell you is love here, the love we can fathom is not even come close to the love that God has. And you think about Jesus. Not God, you know, the creator. You talk about Jesus. What he went through for me, I can't wrap my head around that kind of love. I could see, especially knowing, especially knowing that, you know what, at any time I could call and any leagues of angels would come and deliver me right now back to heaven. Nope. I got to follow this through because I love them. What? Some of you can't love a car long enough to pay it off. Well, warranty's up. Bye, Felicia. What? Some of you trying to trade everything in for a better model. But I loved it. We, my wife was talking about how ignorant we've been with money all our lives. I made a lot of money at one point in time and I spent it. We got memories ain't nobody going to take from me, but I ain't got a dollar to show you for it. <laughs> or nothing else. I'm not lying to your lick. At one point in time, we had 13 horses, three horse trailers, six trucks, and 100 head of cattle. You want to talk about ignorant? I crawled all over that. But boy, we had fun hauling kids all over the state of California doing rodeos every weekend, preaching at rodeos every weekend, having us a blast. Until we weren't. You see, if my hope was on the things of this world, you know what's funny is I lost that job. I didn't. I actually didn't lose that job. He just took all the money and ran, <laughs> and left me hanging for a whole lot of money. And I was angry until I realized God was in that too. Took me two years to figure that one out. You see, we got to 
understand Nicodemus when he was talking to Nicodemus. He was right. God's love. He was. He's got. To, he's trying to explain to him. You don't understand. I'm here all the time. I know what you're thinking. I'm omnipresent. I know wherever where you've been. You ask the question, what if, why would a loving God, if He knows I'm struggling, why would a loving God allow me to go through this? You know what's funny? Ever heard this, Mary? You ever heard anybody say, guess who found Jesus? Jesus was never lost. Thought I'd let y'all know that. He's been the same every day. I just found common sense. And I walked to where I was supposed to be in the first place. How do you see Jesus in things? You know what? Sometimes in the middle of a storm, you don't know where Jesus is at. But I guarantee you, you're not alone. I guarantee you're not alone. You know, you put a ship in the middle of a storm. You know, it takes some collateral damage. Things break loose, get beat up, dented. I watched that show, what is it, Crab Thing? Where are they? Deadliest Catch. <laughs> I, I, I respect crab now. I do. There's them idiots out there in the middle of that dude doing that, and I'm thinking, brother, you, <laughs> yeah, you, that guy lost his finger because of you. I'm going to put a lot of butter on that part. You understand what I'm saying? I'm watching what's happening, but the ships take a lot of damage in the middle of a storm. Things are breaking. Things are freezing. Things are falling off. You don't just throw the ship away. You're in the middle of a storm. You're going to get beat up a little bit. It's natural to get beat up a little bit. You just don't say God's not there. What you do is you start trying to clamor to Him more. If you're in the middle of a storm, you ever seen them boys? They tie themselves to the rail. To where they don't go over. I don't want to jump ship because it ain't any better out of the ship than it. It's actually a whole lot worse if you leave the ship in the middle of a storm. Why are you throwing God away in the middle of a storm? You've got to understand His love. His love is, hey, I know you're going to get beat up a little bit, but I'm going to be there. It says it gives you peace that surpasses all human understanding. People always look at my wife and say, how can you be so happy all the time? And, and then they see me and they understand. <laughs> not, not really, that ain't it. That ain't it because she understands this is just a temporary situation. How can you be so happy all the time? Because you know what? I know the end result, the promise, the promise. The second thing I want you to think about, if I can find it on here, is God's gift. A true gift is really given in the verse. It says that he gave his only begotten son, right? He gave. Do you understand that he didn't say he sacrificed? No, we did that. You understand that? We did that. We're the ones who beat him. We're the ones that crucified him. We're the ones that mocked him. We're the ones that sped on him. We're the ones, do you understand? We did that. It didn't say he sacrificed him. It didn't say because y'all are stupid, I'm going to. It said God gave. Do you know that's a willing motion? 
One thing about a gift. A gift is not a gift if it's not given. And a gift cannot be a gift unless it's received. You hear me? The gift that God gave you cannot be considered a gift unless you receive it. Once you receive a gift, that's when it becomes a gift. If not, you know what? It's so funny. This is a possession. And it's mine. And if I don't give it away, it's just a possession. And it's only mine. You understand? When God gave you, when God gave his son, it was given with the intent of you receiving. You know, we say something every first Sunday, Vanette. If you're not clean, right? If you're not forgiven, if you haven't asked Jesus Christ in your heart and you take of these emblems unworthy, you are guilty of his death. Because you need to receive the gift to remember the sacrifice. You understand that? You have to receive the gift. I have family members. We don't, I just don't understand. I've been praying all week. God just help me. My boss is so and I just don't understand. God just hasn't showed up. I said, Are you kidding me? You just was drinking on Monday. You cuss like a sailor. You don't go to church. You've not read a Bible since you was five. And then all of a sudden life goes crazy and you start praying, expecting God to jump to you. You gotta accept the gift of Jesus and salvation before you start reaping benefits. You see, I gave you a piece of candy and it's good, huh? You better eat it. They're good. You see, some of us are doing exactly that. We get the gift of Jesus and we don't, well, I'm going to hold on to this. Do you know the best thing about a gift is you start partaking in it. All of a sudden you realize it's good. When you ask Jesus into your heart and you start understanding God did this for you and you accept Him, guess what happens? All of a sudden all the stuff doesn't control your day. It doesn't control your day. It's just stuff. And the best thing about stuff, everything here is temporary. Stuff's temporary. I got a house. It's gorgeous. Me and my wife on the way here, we're trying to figure out how much equity God gave us in that house already. And, and we were so excited to figure out, do you know what? We're at the top. It's going to go down now. You know why? Because the older it gets, the less it's worth. Kind of like that car that I used to love. Now I just love I ain't got a car payment. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to tell you is 
we've got to accept God's gift. The third and final point, God's grace. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know the great part about that is? It didn't say. Whoever wears no makeup, whoever doesn't cut their hair, whoever doesn't wear jewelry, whoever doesn't wear jeans, whoever doesn't do, you know, that's not what it said. Whoever, whoever acts like I want them to act. That's not what it says either. Whoever, whosoever believes in him. Man. But he doesn't, anybody ever said this, but you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the things I've done in my life. You don't understand the things I've said. You don't understand the people I've hurt. You don't understand the the actions that I did. I don't have to. I don't have to. God's got grace and He's given grace and mercy to me that I don't even deserve. I don't deserve it. See, the thing of it is, we, we all walk around and we're acting like we deserve something. I don't deserve what God did for me. Because you all really don't know my life before I got saved. I was ugly. Well, I was still purdy this way, but I, my, I, my heart was ugly. I had long old hair. I was ugly. Did nasty things. But let me tell you what happened. I accepted the gift. I accepted the gift. And you know what happened when I accepted gift? He gave me grace. And all that stuff was gone. And the only one that held it against me was me. I held it against me. Y'all, as you go through this week, the first day, the first week of Advent, I want you to remember the hope. I want you to remember the hope. The hope is eternal life in heaven. We keep judging it on what happens here. This is the storm. Heaven is the port. That's where we're aiming. Father, I love you. And I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the promise you've given us, God. I thank you for your son that you willingly gave us, I pray right now that you will remind each one of us as we go through this week that you are our hope and that's where we need to place our faith and we'll give you praise for all these things in Jesus' precious name and everybody together says, Amen. Amen. God bless you all.